Are you tired of hip belt pockets that don't fit your phone or dislocating your shoulder in an effort to reach your water bottle? Well, Chicken Tramper Ultralight Gear, known on trail as SeaTug, has the solution for you. SeaTug was started by two engineers that are dirtbags at heart. They are located in Michigan's Upper Peninsula and all SeaTug gear is made in Michigan. Their shoulder strap gear will attach to any backpack to carry these items and keep them within reach. For instance, the water bottle sleeve weighing just 1.6 ounces attaches to your pack strap, making it uber convenient to grab your water bottle. This encourages you to stay properly hydrated on trail, maximizing your hiking potential. The shoulder strap phone pocket offers this same convenience for your phone, so you can quickly confirm your location via GPS app, snag that epic wildlife shot, or simply to keep up with your favorite backpacking podcast. SeaTug offers a variety of gear specifically catered to long-distance backpackers in addition to the shoulder strap accessories, including hiker wallets, fanny packs, backpacks, and more. To save 15% off SeaTug gear, head to chickentrampergear.com and use code TREK15 at checkout. That's TREK15, the number 15, at chickentrampergear.com for 15% off. This code applies to all their gear, excluding backpacks and camera bags. Again, the code is TREK15 at chickentrampergear.com. You're listening to Trail Correspondence presented by The Trek a media company dedicated to long-distance backpacking. Get even more at thetrek.co. Hello and welcome back to Trail Correspondence. I am your host, Moron. This is the moment we've all been waiting for, hitting the trail. I am an unwitting collector of cliches, sayings, and turns of phrase, and so naturally I gravitated to this old standby when I started preparing this episode. Showing up is half the battle. I was equally tickled when I found out that it's attributed to none other than renowned physicist Stephen Hawking. While I'm sure thru-hiking was not something very high on Hawkins' to-do list, this brief commentary on the simultaneous simplicity and difficulty of concretizing previously abstract plans by placing your physical body at your decided starting line is a powerful and applicable sentiment. I can certainly recall my first night on trail with a feeling that I can only describe as something approaching type 2 fondness. I was cold, wet, and generally uneasy about the things going on outside of my tent. I recall vividly waking up at some ungodly hour to the sound of nearby creatures in the midst of mortal combat. The sounds were unbelievable. While I'd never be able to imitate what I heard, I later was told that it was likely two male owls fighting, I similarly will never be able to forget what it sounded like and how it sent adrenaline coursing through my veins. Not all of my nights on trail were as eventful as that, but it was a strong way to start and certainly set the tone for what could be expected in the weeks and months that followed. While 11 members of this group have boots on the ground and are headed in their chosen direction toward their trail's terminus, today we also hear from one correspondent who has yet to depart, along with another who, after a harrowing first day, has made the difficult decision to get off trail. Each trail presents its own difficulties and challenges, and simply showing up on the first day is certainly a Herculean feat in and of itself. So, let's learn how our correspondents are acclimating to trail life as we hear firsthand about their first days and nights. In the words of Samuel L. Jackson, hold on to your butts.
this is Abby, and I am currently, it's the morning after my first night on trail, and it went alright. Um, I am surprised at how much I can do with my hip, so I'm gonna keep on sending good thoughts to that and hope I didn't just jinx myself. Um, I was... I wasn't really nervous about my first night, because I was like, oh yeah, it's just like any other backpacking trip, like it's fine, and I had convinced my brain, like, oh, you're you're only going, <laughs> you're just going on this silly little backpacking trip, it's not like you're on a thru-hike or anything, but my thoughts always tend to turn for the worst, like, as soon as it gets dark, <laughs> and then... Like, I was camping over at a shelter, and I had made a bunch of friends at it, and they were nice. Um, there was one girl and two guys. One of them was a ridge runner. And, like, it was a good time, and they taught me how to use my stove, because I didn't know how to use a stove, because I had only cold-soaked before that. Um, but I was a little surprised not to find more people but I guess that makes sense because I'm like starting halfway through April but at the same time it's a little disheartening because I kind of I didn't realize how much I wanted a social experience until I was out here and I was like well fuck I miss people <laughs> so like that's fine I'm just trying to get accustomed to it and it's been actually really helpful rereading Appalachian Trials while I'm out here, so shout out to Zach Davis because um, that book is really helpful. And just the quote about, like, not quitting anything. If you quit everything as soon as it, like, gets hard or difficult, then you'll never succeed in anything or do anything worthwhile in life. That really resonated with me at that moment because I was like, you know what? yeah, I'm not having a great time right now. Like, this kind of fucking sucks. I thought there would be more people to make friends with, but I've also only been out here for, like, one night, so <laughs> I just need to chill the fuck out <clears throat> and just start enjoying things for what they are and not complaining about them for what they aren't because I can't change anything now, and I'm not making my parents drive back from Richmond to pick me up from Georgia and that would be stupid anyway <laughs> and then I would look like a complete loser because I'm like oh I'm gonna go hike the trail and then I'm like uh I want to quit after one night like no we're not doing that today or any day I'm just gonna stay out here and then I was also thinking about how this is such a cost-effective way to live like <laughs> I didn't spend any money today and I can't spend any money because I don't have like internet anyways to look at things and I'm not paying rent. I'm homeless to a degree, which is an experience that I've never had before. And I'm outside and it's like beautiful right now. Like the sun is coming up and everything's super green and I'm next to a little stream. And yeah, like this morning I had a complete attitude adjustment and wrote down all the reasons why I'm hiking the trail and also all the reasons why I'm not going to quit and one of the ones that definitely spoke to me the most was just like doing it for my nephews because I want them to have an aunt to look up to and be like wow like she did that that's crazy and hope that they can do similar things that are 
maybe not a through hike, but if they want to, that's fine. But like something as huge as a through hike to undertake and be like, yeah, you can do that. And plus, like, I have these two little figurines, like two little toys that they asked me to bring along with me. One of them's a little Lego man, and one of them's the guy Chase from Paw Patrol. And so I take pictures of them doing silly things and send them back to them. And plus, if I get off trail now, then I won't be able to do that in the future. So I'm going to keep on doing that and thinking about them. Um, so... Shout out to Liam, Emma, and Blake. Uh, I love them so much. And I'm just gonna keep on hiking and taking every day for what it is and having fun and making the best of it. So this is Abby signing off. Good morning. It is a beautiful and chilly day from the Appalachian Trail. This is Allie, aka Appalachian Adventurista, and I am finally on the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> I'm so happy. Today we woke up at Springer Mountain Shelter, and wow, I am just so happy to be out here. To start though, I wanted to just kind of give a recap of my last 24 hours because it's been a lot of change starting the trail. Yesterday, we um, went over to Amicalola Falls State Park and did the hiker registration. And um, Fred is who talked to us before we started the trail. We went over by the arch and took those pictures, the classics, and then we headed up the approach trail. We did the eight mile approach trail up to Springer Mountain. Saying goodbye to our families was definitely on the emotional side, but also as much as I'm going to miss them, this is exactly what I have been waiting for. I've been thinking a lot over the last few hours about how much stress and anxiety there was leading up to trail and just kind of, you know, nothing in particular, but just generally anxieties about the switch from normal life and getting everything set up and prepared and all of the training and preparations that we do before the trail. And then there's like a moment in which that's done it's behind us we can't add anything we can't go back in time and do something else it's just done and now we were just hiking the trail and it's it's like it went from night and day i was stressed and anxious before we started the trail and then we got out here and i'm just it's it's all gone <laughs> this is just what i'm doing i'm hiking the trail and it feels so good and so right to be out here Beyond all of that though, um, the climb up to Springer Mountain was challenging, but not in a surprising way. And the view at the top of Springer was beautiful. We had great weather, no uh, major clouds in the sky, beautiful sun, far views. And we popped over to Springer Mountain Shelter for the night. 
we did stay in the shelter because of the weather. It was 20 degrees and uh, wind gusts up to 30 miles an hour, which made for quite a chill in the air. It was actually <laughs> the coldest I have ever camped, uh, but I made it out the other side and I'm feeling really strong and even more confident um, than I was yesterday, so that's a good sign. Um, it was definitely a chilly night, but there was um, a few of us in the shelter and a lot of people tenting around and it was just really nice to have kind of the shared experience with everybody and be connecting already and making friends and um, reveling in the fact that everyone, you know, <laughs> kind of had a suck fest of a first night getting to sleep uh, in that kind of weather condition. So that was just really nice. A bunch of us are also heading to the same shelter today, which is cool. So get to keep those friendships going. But today is going to be pretty chilly, I think, still. The high will only be um, about 41, uh, and it is definitely windy today. But overall, I mean, I, I talked about my emotional and mental state just feeling really clear and confident being on trail. But physically, I'm also feeling really strong. I'm feeling really good with the gear that I brought with me. Last night was definitely, definitely a test of my cold weather gear. And it did so well. Um, and I didn't even pull out all the stops. I still had one more layer that I could have worn on uh, top and bottom. And, you know, hot hands and hot water bottles. So there's definitely things I could do to make myself withstand even colder temperatures. And that's just, that gives me a lot of confidence and comfort knowing that I can withstand more than I necessarily thought I could. So I'm sure the AT will challenge me in more ways to come, but um, it was a really telling first night and a, a challenging one, but also a good one to um, be on trail and have that shared experience with the folks around me. So I'm feeling really good heading into day two, feeling strong and happy with the sun on my cheeks and yeah, just excited to see what comes. Hello, good afternoon. This is Abby reporting in uh, about my first night on trail. So it's currently day two. I'm currently at about mile, I want to say 26 on the PCT. I've just done the first sort of fairly substantial water crossing in which I did have to take my shoes off and it was knee deep, um, which is mad because it's mile 26 and we're in the desert. <laughs> but my first day and night on trail were absolutely wonderful. I took the terminus shuttle to the monument, which got me there a bit later than I would have liked. So I didn't actually start hiking until about 1 p.m. Um, but fairly quickly, I mean, there's so much water, my pack was light. And so fairly quickly, I was able to get some miles under my belt. And I regrouped up with some guys that I'd met at Scout and Frodo's. And so we all hiked together as a group and camped at Hauser Creek last night. Uh, we got there quite late. It was already starting to get dark, so we abandoned our plans for calorie camping because our tent site selection was poor, um, just because it was so wet. And we just thought we'll put the tents up. So we had very quick dinner by the headlight lamps and then woke up this morning and have cracked on. I have already 
uh, kind of injured myself. I fell quite spectacularly about two miles ago um, and I've twisted my ankle, but it, it's not catastrophic. I'm able to walk on it. I'm walking on it now and it feels okay. Um, yeah, I slept well. First night on trail was uh, about as good as I could expect in terms of sleep. I'm still a little bit jet lagged. Um, I only flew in three days ago from England. And so my brain is still slightly confused, but I'm, I think I'll be okay from tonight. So I was able to sleep until about 5.30. So yeah, can't, can't complain about that one really. And then the plan for today is I'm gonna hike about five more miles, uh, yeah, five more miles to about mile 30. So I feel like 30 miles in the first two days is pretty good going. And then that puts me in a pretty good stead for another 15 or so tomorrow to get up to Mount Laguna. Um, where I probably won't need to do a full resupply because I have so much food still that I haven't eaten. I really, really over, overbought on food, but I'd rather do that than not have enough. Um, the water situation has been absolutely mad. Like I haven't had to carry more than a litre and a half. I mean, I have carried a bit more because I'm paranoid, um, but I really haven't needed to whatsoever. Um, so yeah, that's lovely. This is a really, really special year on the PCT. And I do think it's, you know, it's, the fact isn't lost on me that it, this is a really idyllic way to enjoy my first few days in the desert. Um, yeah, so anyway, I'm going to hike on. Try not to trip over again because I'm holding my phone. And yeah, I shall speak to you soon. <laughs> This is Mary, and I am at Lake Marina. Uh, we camped at mile 15.2, Hauser Creek. Um, I'm a little tired, <laughs> definitely out of shape. I ate it a couple of times yesterday, just slipping, because I was tired. And then also, too, I'm a little short, so it sometimes makes it a little hard to get the next step when you're going down. But I'm definitely feeling it today. Um, we kind of camped up from the water. I actually walked into uh, Poison Oak a couple of times. So it's probably on my clothes. But we'll see what happens. Um, I was an idiot and I forgot to soak my filter before I left. So I the only water I had was the two liters that I started off with. And I'm so glad I had that. But yeah, I did 20 miles in two liters and that was including uh, water for food. Well, one meal. But still, I actually think I didn't finish it all. I do have a little bit left, just a smidge. But that's not uncommon for me. I actually did two liters most of the PCT in 2017. Um, I grew up where it was really hot. So I think my body's acclimated to a little bit of it. that kind of, I don't know. I don't have a headache. I did start cramping. Um, sorry, I'm looking for my hiking partner. I passed him and I'm waiting for him. I'm probably gotta move, but um, yeah, don't, don't do that if you're not me. I've done two liters a lot on just for most of the days whenever I've hiked and I know that I can do it. Camping uh, kind of, 
it's a process that I feel like you kind of forget. It's like riding a bike, you know, if you haven't ridden it in a while, the first two times might not be the greatest, but then after a while you get a hold of it. But it just felt really weird to not have my routine going. And then my pack is set up differently than the last time. And I don't like it. I'm probably going to end up switching out some of my stuff for the stuff I made on the CDT, um, which sucks because I, I spent a lot of time making my jacket and I'm going to send it back because it's just, it's not worth the wait. And then my Dyneema tent. Um, I like it, but it's just, I don't know. It's just bulky. I, I don't know why everybody gets all caught up in Z-Packs when that shit is so fucking bulky. Dyneema is great, but bulk, bulky. My first night, though, at Hauser's Creek, I, I couldn't get to sleep for some reason. I just couldn't get comfortable. And um, I'm pretty sure the tossing and turning probably woke up people. Um, my hiking partner was to the left of me. And then behind me was another gentleman who was uh, cowboy camping. And I think it was in the 30s. Uh, I'm surprised he did that, but he seemed like he was doing all right. But there was just a few hikers probably further down and then a lot of people by the water at Hauser's Creek and then we just left in the morning um it's I don't know I I guess because I've done this enough it's not anything weird for me I just again it's just getting in the process of getting your routine down that's a little bit hard so I don't really have very good input on first night it wasn't scary it's not weird it was just trying to get into the routine trying to get comfortable um just maybe being a little bit colder than i thought but not really by much but yeah one thing to note though that's been quite different is i know there's supposed to be 50 hikers starting a day but there's definitely not 50 people starting i think i've maybe seen like 10 people and then just being at Lake Marina, it just seems like maybe half the people are actually doing the trail. Maybe. And then everybody else probably just canceled their permit or just decided not to do it. But there's definitely not as many hikers as last time, like in 2017. People are also not as talkative or approachable like last time. Everybody's kind of to themselves and not really wanting to chat um, I would say the younger groups are definitely more chatty with themselves, whereas like a lot of the older people are kind of more social, but that's about it. As for the trail itself, it's definitely different. I There are just parts I don't remember just even going to uh, Hauser's Creek. Um, very different. I just remember it being more drier drier looking and also sparse and there's a lot of overgrowth now and I know that's going to lead to a lot of ticks I've been watching out for ticks I haven't seen any but I sprayed my clothes with permarathon so that shouldn't be an issue but I still check um there's definitely a lot of water there was like water probably every half mile or to a mile if that and then after that it was not as much but still lots of water not like last time at all Howdy everyone, this is David, trail name Good Soup, signing in from the Appalachian Trail. I'm at the Springer Mountain Shelter 
after an incredibly wonderful and successful first day on the trail. Today, I wanted to just give you a little touch on my thoughts on my first night out on trail. Like I said, I'm currently at the shelter, which is really nice. There's like two stories on it, like a ladder up to the second loft. Really cool. I'm not sleeping in the shelter because, one, I hear they're full of mice in general, and two, because I know that I snore and I hear it's etiquette to not sleep in the shelter if you snore and you can avoid it. So I guess everyone else here will have to just hear it through my tent. Um, I've got three other people in camp tonight. One's my cousin Jake, who's joining me for the first week on the trail. Make sure I don't fall off a cliff. And there's two other through hikers, two other, um, yeah, hikers with me. One, uh, is planning on going the whole way, and the other one is from Canada, so he just has six weeks here. So we've all been chatting. It's been nice. You know, the real social aspect of the trail. That's also why I'm kind of whispering into the microphone, because I don't want to keep him up. We all went to bed. It's like seven o'clock at night, and it is already basically pitch black out here in the mountains. Not that I'm complaining. I, uh, I don't sleep well when it's light out, so this is perfect for me. Um, but yeah, it's a really nice shelter here. I was thinking I was going to be nervous on my first night of like, oh, what if there's bears out here? What if Bigfoot comes and get me? And friends, after this big hike I did today, I... I, sh I should, for context, I should say, I'm sticking to about eight or nine miles a day just while I get my trail hikes. Really no point trying to kill myself out here. So I did eight miles for my first time out in the hills, and I've done nothing but, like, what I now realize is the flat, flat land of Wisconsin. And, wow, so many views, so gorgeous. It was like a 65-degree day here in late February. And I am just pooped. I feel like there's just a bag full of pennies in my head just holding me down. I can't keep my head up. Um, I'm mustering through this podcast so that, you know, you get the first night on trail experience as I'm having it. But, wow, I was feeling great all day. I was feeling so happy. 10 out of 10 day. Still is a 10 out of 10 day. I am, I am, I am still very happy, but... Wow, did the wall just hit me right out of that. I was like, it's bedtime, you need to sleep, you need to sleep forever. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Um, But yeah, I thought I was going to be scared, except I'm too tired too. My general fears are like, um, not even like bears, but like supernatural things that my mind thinks of in the night, where it's like daylight, I wouldn't be scared about Mothman. At nighttime, yeah, I'm probably surrounded. <laughs> so imagination likes to play in the dark. Also, um, I guess I have fears of, like, not understanding the weather and that I'm in a bad spot and then waking up and my sleeping pad is, you know, rafting me down the mountainside. <laughs> but none of that tonight. I am just so thrilled to be out here. I'm so happy. I, uh, it was the perfect first day. I know not every day is going to be that. And I know I was cashing in a lot of, like, adrenaline and excitement, but I'm at peace. I, uh. Yeah, it's just everything I was hoping it would be. I hope it stays like this. I know it probably won't, but 
I'm content with a great first day, and we'll just see what tomorrow brings. And like a week ago, I I think I was I was I was I was scared that I was going to be scared. But as I'm lying here, I am just having like the best night of my life. Or at least that's what it feels like. I, I cannot think straight. My head is so foggy. Um, but yeah, first night's gonna be a good one. Got my tent all set up. So glad I practiced that. And uh, as long as no one comes and stomps on my head, I think this is gonna be a equally 10 out of 10 night. So I'm gonna go get some sleep because yeah, I'm a rambling because like I said, <laughs> I'm so tired from that hike. The approach is no joke. So I'll leave it at that. This is Good Soup signing off from Springer Mountain Shelter. Be well. So it's Good Soup right here uh, back again. Quick update to my first night now that it's the morning after and what as I was falling asleep, I'm like, I'm so tired, man, I'm going to sleep forever. Wrong. I <laughs> I slept for about two hours, and then I awoke to the whole, like, where am I? What's going on? I'm in the woods. I'm going to die. You know, you know, and then after I, you know, thought for two seconds, I was like, okay, no, we're on the trail. It's going to be okay. But it was a little windy, and every little gust made my Tyvek ground cloth shake, and I'm like, oh, it's a bear, which, yeah, I know it's not, but you have to remember that I've never spent a night truly out in the woods before, um, so it was a very quick adjustment, and I was, had a little bit of a headache and a little bit of nausea, so that was uh, uh, solved by popping some Tylenol and using the restroom, but yeah, now that it's the morning, I'm feeling a lot better. But last night, woof, was a little bit of a rough one and a lot of self-soothing. Um, I'm the eye masks and ear, uh, you know, Bluetooth earbuds that I threw in the bag last minute were game changers because then I didn't have to worry about any lights flashing me or you know seeing things out of the corner of my eyes. I just total as much sensory deprivation as I could to get through the night. So, yeah. Still glad I'm out here, still doing it. Seems like nights are going to be a little rough while I get used to it, but woke up again this morning, ate some food, and I'm feeling ready to go. But that was my, my first night was a little scary, I'm, I'm sheepish to say. Anyway, just wanted to throw those details in now that I have a little bit of a retrospective on it. This is Good Soup actually signing out. Be well. Hey team, it's Derek Wittemann here, uh, recording from the top of Springer Mountain after my first uh, night on the trail. Um, day started off pretty well, got up uh, around uh, 4 in the morning, had an early 5.30 a.m. flight from San Antonio out to Atlanta, caught an Uber to uh, Springer Mountain and checked in for my registration is registration number 2568 hiker and uh, started on the trail around 11 a.m. 
um, was greeted immediately by a, a torrential downpour as I hiked up the stairs of Amicalola Falls. Um, didn't rain all day. Uh, ran into a couple other hikers along the way. Um, but for the large majority of it, I was kind of just trekking along by myself. There wasn't too many people around that I saw. Um, I had fully expected uh, the sun to set around 5 p.m. because uh, that's what my phone app told me, and that was a lie. I uh, got to around, I got to Black Gap Shelter around 4:30, and. Uh, Got some water, set my things down, and kind of decided I wasn't going to make it to uh, my anticipated uh, stopping point past Springer Mountain um, with enough sunlight to uh, finish the day. So I, I called it a day there, which was, which is a, actually a good thing. Um, I met some people, um, some other hikers, local, just kind of weekend hikers, and then a couple other through hikers, and um, had a great night. We made campfire, ate dinner around the campfire, and a lot of commiserating and uh it was just it was a good time uh, I, I turned in um to my tent around 9 p.m um woke up because somebody was throwing up in the middle of the night uh and uh didn't have any fears about you know bears or anything but i woke up the next morning and apparently somebody thought they heard a bear or somebody was yelling hey bear get out of here um apparently i slept right through that although i didn't feel like i got the greatest nights of sleep, um, tossed and turned a lot. Um, so, uh, hopefully, you know, as, as my hiking continues, uh, I'll, I'll settle into a better sleeping groove, but, uh, yes, yeah, so that was day one. Um, it went well, woke up not feeling too sore today. So just taking it one day at a time. Some of the things I've, I've learned is, I guess am learning is just, you know, continue to pace myself hike my own hike um and if i you know if i have plans for the day and something happens it's totally okay to call an audible so um that's day one for me uh thanks for listening to me this is derek over and out I don't know, an hour past hiker midnight. Of course, this is Eddie Ariola. Um, yeah, this is my first night out here on trail, and oh man, I've missed it. I've missed that descent into being feral, into just enjoying the ground underneath you and the sky above you and all the dirt and the wind and the animals, the sounds, the smells, the textures. It's its just like a hedonistic wonderland for the senses. I just, I love it. I took it pretty easy today, a little more than I wanted to. I, I'm trying to pace myself to get from the southern terminus of the PCT to Julian, which is about 77 miles. I want to do that in eight days to reach Julian on my birthday. I went a little farther than I anticipated today because the water resupply and the tent sites at mile 10 were a little less than ideal, so I just kind of 
hoofed it up an extra five miles to, I think it's Hauser Creek. There's a bunch of pretty okay tent sites. Uh, I got one. It's on a little bit of an incline, so I actually have my feet slightly above my head because, ooh, that feels good. There is a bunch of tents, tent sites surrounding a creek that a a giant gaggle of guys have taken over, and it's really close to the creek, so I would kind of like LNT that out of there anyway. But they also built a fire, and they're being super loud, but, you know, can't really fix them all, unfortunately. It was just gorgeous today. I can't even tell you. There were California poppies and a plant called, uh, I think it's chaparral whitethorn. It's really pretty. And I saw these beautiful jojoba bushes with these little tiny purple flowers and a little honeybee just kind of bopping around those flowers. It was it was so great. I love honeybees so much. They just they make me so happy and there were these little tiny brown mushrooms growing. I had originally planned this hike to be carrying about six to seven liters of water for a water carry. And the weather changed pretty drastically over the past few weeks. So there was actually flowing water at least every mile, occasionally every mile and a half, two miles. The first 10 miles in, you couldn't you couldn't go more than 2,500 feet without being able to refill your water. And it tapered off pretty drastically after that. But still, if, if it continues this way up through, up through the Sierra, which I'm certain it won't because the way the desert works out here is you'll have flowing water for two weeks and then it's just gone again. So we'll see what it, what it shapes up to be. Uh, I do have the ability to carry as much water as I need. I mean, I'm from Southern Arizona, you know, we, we don't mess around with water down there. So my tent, I am in the Nemo Dragonfly 2. I love having that extra space. I also love a freestanding tent and I opted to leave the Rainfly off tonight because it's supposed to be a low of 47. So I'm so excited to get a little closer to cowboy camping and just enjoy the the, the sky above me and just be able to look out and the stars aren't out because it's a little cloudy. I do wish they were out, but there are frogs chirping in the background. I don't know if you can hear them. I love the frogs. There were bird calls all this evening, especially around the water. I think some, maybe some thrushes and some swallows, but I'm not, I'm not that brilliant on birds. I know mushrooms better than I know birds, to be quite frank. And there were some skinks, they're lizards, running around today. I love the desert, you guys. I love it. Thanks for listening, of course, and I'll see you out here on trail, okay?
Hi, hier ist Elke again. And now I want to tell you something about my first um, night in the tent. I really have to say, um, tell you two nights. Because uh, the first night I arrived at Amikulana State Park and they said to me um, that I could um, stay there and sleep there in the shelter. And um, because it was, I think, four o'clock in the afternoon and I decided not to go to up to Springer Mountain at this afternoon and so I was glad that I could stay there in the shelter and um, there in the shelter there was uh, another man who was going to hike through the AT and it, um, I think there was oh no there were two other men But um, the shelter was big and um, we had enough place. And so, um, so um, I put my sleeping bag and my sleeping pad on the ground. And um, Tilly um, was next bus beside me, so it was really nice. And because um, I arrived... Uh, Two days before in Atlanta with a plane and I was very exhausted and and then um, I was very really tired and I decided to go um, to bed really early so that I could uh, get up early in the morning to uh, go up to Springer Mountain. So and then I get into my sleeping bag and um, everything was dark outside and. Um, I um, could hear a uhu who was crying in the night and I hear the wind who was um, lightly blowing around the shelter and then the wind was heavier and I... Um, Yes, it began to rain. It began to rain, and I was really glad that I was in the shelter, not on in a tent. Um, because of the rain and then I heard thunder far away and, and a little bit lightning but it was very far away but then um, the thunder and lightning um, came nearer and suddenly it was really above the shelter uh, the thunder and lightning um, came to the same time and it was so loud and so heavy and I was really 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 glad that I was not staying in a tent that I was in this shelter and I feel yes I feel um, really safe in that shelter I thought um, the thunder and lightning wouldn't do me any harm but it was um, it was really exciting And um, I don't know, I think uh, uh, the, I slept, um, I go to sleep uh, one time and um, I wake up in the morning and the thunder and lighting was away, the rain was away and um, everything feels really good and so I decided to get up and have breakfast and then I wanted to go on the trail to Springer Mountain. So that was the first night and um, my second night I spent in a tent in a tent site because I 
didn't get to Springer Mountain because my weight from my backpack was so heavy. I have bought too much food uh, for the dog and for me and I, I, th I don't know, but I couldn't really walk. It was so exhausting. And um, on the half way um, to Springer Mountain, I um, met another woman and she was, um, oh, she was a little bit older than me. And she said, oh, I don't want to go to Springer Mountain today. I uh, go here to the tent side and sleep and will do that there another day. And I was very glad that she does it. And I said, oh, I do it that same. And uh, so we both go to the tent side and I built up my tent and after a while there was um, also um, I think three other people who um, also uh, slept there on the tent side so we were not alone and that um, I was really glad about it because um, I think I would have been uh, very scared when I was the only the only woman um, on the tent side. Oh, and then, then I went to bed and um, Everything was all right, and then in the night, um, uh, the wind blows heavier and heavier, and it seems to be it was a really stormy night. Um, no rain, no thunder, no lightning, but wind, and it was really windy. And I, I was was very worried about um, of my tent that. Uh, if I build it upright and then know that the store will crash down and I was a little bit scared about it but but after a time I uh, it seemed that I built up the tent right and um, the wind couldn't do any harm to me so it was very good um, so I feel safe and warm in my tent and ah I forgot to say um, uh, about the beer bed, bed. we had um, we had to um, put our uh, food in a bag, pack, and had to um, put it in the tree. But um, I have never done it before, and I um, didn't know how to do it from, because um, we have to um, put it really, really high in the tree and so I decided to um, put my food into this tent and um, I really hope that no bear was coming that night um, but it was a, a little bit creepy um, and it was um, I thought, ah, oh, there won't be a bear coming, but I wasn't, wasn't really not sure. And <laughs> suddenly, suddenly, um, Tilly was barking, and I was so shocked. Oh, there is a bear! There is a bear! And then I uh, got <laughs> I pulled out my tent. I got outside. Oh, there was only another man who came and built up his tent. So. Um, it was no beer, it was another hiker, and everything was okay. So I'm, um, I go to bed and I slept um, till the next morning and without uh, a beer attack or everything else. It was, um, it was, everything was all right. And the sun was shining the next day, and um, then I made the trail, uh, the 
walk to Springer Mountain. That was okay. Okay, that were my two first nights in the tent. It was exciting and yes, um, you will hear from me again when I have um, a little bit time to describe what else has happened um, on my trail. Okay, ciao! checking in from her third night on the PCT. This is supposed to be a first night recording, but the first night I had a massive migraine. The second it was storming so hard you would never hear me say anything. And now it's the third and we are still raining. I have now zeroed in the Lake Morena because hiking in about 36 degree Pounding rain and gusts of wind was not really up to my speed right now, but I am quite warm and comfy under my tarp with my quilt. Um, so I guess a earlier zero than I had ever planned, but the campground here is nice and there's lots of other hikers wandering around also taking an earlier zero than they had planned. Um, today, Went to the malt shop, got some food, avoided the rain, hung out in the bathroom. Guess trying out all the PCT hiker things. Um, I'd much preferred to be on trail and getting some good miles in, but sometimes we make our choices and sometimes the world makes our choices for us. And I wasn't really feeling like being hypothermic today. So back to my first day on trail, got to the border, it was kind of weird. I was last there in March or May of 2020. And well, the world was just a different place in 2020. And I was completely alone and setting my phone up on timers. And this time there was a dozen people around doing their things, taking their photos, all nervously starting their hike. Um, it's a lot of fun. My friend Wazoo, who's a blogger for the Trek, um, drove all the way from Phoenix, Arizona, um, stayed with me in San Diego, and then drove me to the border. So thank you, dude, for being an awesome friend. And good luck on your hike soon on the AT. Hopefully you have better weather than I'm starting out my hike with. Um, then I had a great day starting down the trail. Um, it was a lot of fun, a lot of people that are very new to through hiking, trying out their new gear and just being super excited about their first aid jitters, feeling the emotional highs, the emotional lows. It was beautiful the first day. Um, other than a migraine coming in at the last minute and just kind of taking over my evening, I had a wonderful day getting to meet a lot of really cool people. And I'm um, getting quite excited about the whole hiking thing. But then get to Lake Marina, rain starts pouring, storms start storming, and reminded that not every day on a hike is beautiful. So now I'm enjoying being lazy and watching YouTube videos in a campground, being very thankful I have a great tarp 
and quilt so I am cozy warm in this drenching soppy mess. Um, I guess this is PCT of 2023 and this is Panther checking out. and my first night on the Appalachian Trail. Um, it's kind of a surreal feeling being here at a real shelter just off the trail, uh, a few miles actually in to this hike. And I think the main thought that's been on my mind all day is, holy crap, am I actually doing this? <laughs> I guess this is what actually doing it looks like and feels like. Um, Today was a really awesome day, lucked out with good weather. Last night there was a tornado and thunderstorm, so I had to delay my start date a little bit. So that was a great example of uh, already just realizing how challenging the AT is going to be. The weather is not going to always comply with your plans, and sometimes you're just going to have to stick with it, so or roll with it rather. So we did that um, and decided to delay the start date by a day, but the nice surprise was having a nice, beautiful day today. I think it was probably in the low 70s, but sunny all day long, which was perfect for an early March start. Uh, I did the approach trail today, which I thought was pretty solid, not too hard, um, not easy, but not too hard. Made it to Springer by lunchtime. I did have some pizza from last night, <laughs> uh, which was a nice little mood booster in the middle of the day. And then I made it here to Hawk Mountain Shelter. There's about 25 other folks here. Um, mostly everyone at the shelter is a little bit older, which was a little bit of a surprise. I haven't met many folks my age. I'm 26. So that's something that I'm kind of interested to see how that changes as we go along. Um, I'm hoping to meet a lot of folks my age, <laughs> and I'm a little worried that maybe I left too early, but we'll see. It's still too early to tell. It's only been only been the first day. Um, but at the shelter here has been really, really kind of nice. There's Lots of folks, so that helps. Um, I'm a pretty social person, and that was one of my early fears um, is just whether or not I'd be able to make friends or have people to talk to on the trail, and that's already been kind of... <laughs> that, that fear has been answered a little bit. There's, there's plenty of folks out here, even starting with an early March start date. So I'm really, really happy about that. Um, otherwise, no major equipment malfunctions. The one story that I, uh, I kind of want to share is... I started off on the approach trail with my trekking poles and I was just kind of hauling up the hill. I said goodbye to my girlfriend and my family and it was just pretty emotional. Um, I didn't have headphones in at all today. I just kind of was sitting in that, just that feeling of, wow, I'm not going to see these people like I usually see them for weeks and weeks, um, maybe even months. I just, we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I mean, they're hoping to visit, but who knows if that's going to make any sense. So that uncertainty really was kind of tough to to sit in for a little while and so I'm hiking up the approach trail and just kind of thinking about all of that and the basket for one of my trekking poles breaks off I noticed that it's gone I didn't see it break but all of a sudden I'm missing a basket for my trekking pole and I'm like oh no are you serious <laughs> I literally have already left a trace on the AT like this is so pathetic come on like what are you doing here um, so it was really hard on myself that I broke that basket and didn't know where it was to pick it up. And then 100 yards later, sure enough, there was another basket on the trail. 
that fit my trekking pole perfectly. I put that on and it was just like, all right, I guess everything is right with the world. It'll be okay. Fix the trekking pole. Um, and we're going to be okay doing this. So I, I felt like that was a little bit of a sign that the trail was like, you know, I got your back. Just, uh, just keep pushing forward and, and do your best. Um, so that was a really, really, really cool moment. Um, and I think that's a good place to talk maybe about some of the fears that I have on the trail. Honestly, the, the biggest one is just trying to figure out like where I fit in with the trail culture and trail family and kind of what my hiking style is going to be. I don't, I don't really want to do this whole thing alone. Um, one of the big reasons I decided to do the AT was because of how social it is. And I don't know how, how exactly to navigate <laughs> making new friends out here. This is my first through hike. This is my first long distance backpacking trip. So what is like, how long is it going to take? I, I don't really know what that's going to look like. Um, does it happen right away? Does it happen after a few weeks? Um, it sort of feels like freshman year of high school or college all over again, where you're just kind of awkwardly having the same conversations with people. Folks don't even want to introduce themselves by their real names. <laughs> um, or they say, you know, I'm Dave, but that's just for now. Like, we'll see what my trail name is, which is just such a weird thing to say. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like, we'll see how, how that experience goes. I'm not really sure yet, quite yet. Um, I'm not really f- afraid of anything camping-wise. Um, I'm, I feel pretty prepared with my gear, but it's also just so early. Besides the trekking pole incident, you know, there's really no way to tell how my gear is going to perform <laughs> or what I'm going to replace. I did save up a little bit of extra money just to uh, buy, make some gear purchases on the trail. I'm sure I'm going to switch some things around to lighten up, or as the weather changes to warmer weather, maybe I'll switch some gear out. But so far, I feel like physically very prepared. Mentally, I'm a little um, just kind of shaken up by the fact that this isn't just a weekend backpacking trip and this is just my life now. And I'm not really sure how that's going to shake out in the next couple days. I have a feeling that it might get pretty tough really on Monday morning. Today's Saturday. Um, and on Monday, it's going to, I think, really feel real because I'm not going to get in a car and drive back home and live my regular life. I'm just going to keep on hiking. So. That's how I'm feeling today here at Hawk Mountain Shelter. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hello, hello. This is Summer reporting to you officially from the PCT. I started my hike just about five hours ago as I'm recording this, and yeah, couldn't have asked for a more perfect day. Um, I stay, I flew into San Diego yet less, yeah, yesterday afternoon and stayed the night at Scout and Frodo's, which was incredible. They were just some of the kindest and most generous people um, ever, and took the shuttle out this morning, started hiking right around noon. And yeah, it's just been lovely. I mean, the weather's been perfect. It's supposed to be kind of cool all week, which is great. And there's so much water everywhere, so no long water carries. And yeah, I couldn't ask for a better way to start the trail. Um, Yeah, I'm officially at my first campsite, so I'm going to talk about first night on trail. Um, Setting the scene for you, I'm at kind of a big campsite. There's technically a couple campsites. And all alone right now. Um, I'm stopping kind of early for the day. I just want to keep it, keep it pretty chill today, first day. 
so all alone right now but I feel like I'll probably have a couple couple uh neighbors tonight um it's still light out probably have a couple more hours of of daylight it's a little bit breezy if you hear the, the wind um but it's it's really lovely and yeah I I don't generally have um too much fear around camping and I, I don't even mind camping alone honestly um I've done it a decent amount of times at this point and I, I normally sleep pretty well so I don't I don't really mind either way especially honestly even camping alone you can kind of be as loud as you want <laughs> I'll watch a Netflix show without headphones that's kind of nice but either way um yeah in terms of I don't know how it how it feels being on trail um it definitely felt surreal getting to the terminus um it felt kind of like I don't know like this is this is it wow like in a good way um I feel like I in a way got all of my my worrying and anxiety about starting out of the way weeks and months ago at this point I've been stressed I think we've all been stressing about conditions out here since probably January at this point so getting out here now I just feel like I'm kind of able to just enjoy it um the worrying's over this is the fun part just get to enjoy it so yeah first night on trail going well um really excited for what else is in store (laughs) but yeah until next time this is summer signing out Hey everyone, this is Emily Russo-Miller, and I am talking to you today, not from Trail, and not from Alaska, but from the state where my parents live in Pennsylvania. Um, I caught a flight out of Juneau about two weeks ago, and um, decided to take about a three-month, three-month, <laughs> three-week vacation uh, before my six-month-long vacation on the trail. Um, so I've just been soaking up family time and getting my pack ready and, um, you know, just getting ready to hit trail in seven days, um, for my Nobo flip-flop. Um, and yeah, I think very admittedly, I will not be going into trail in the best headspace. Um, it's only kind of now that I'm out of the situation I was in that I feel, um, that I realized that, wow, I was, um, very depressed where I was and, um, I am just trying to, like, work through that. Um, I think I did have this little bit of a fantasy, maybe, that, um, you know, you think that, like, once you get out of your environment, you think that things will kind of automatically be better. Um, Or, like, when you hit trail, like, everything will automatically kind of be better, and you can put the rest behind you. But it is, I'm rediscovering um, always a bit more of a process than that that you just, like, have to go through. (laughs) Um, so I guess, you know, I've been pretty low lately and, you know, to the point where my mom even today asked me, she was like, you know, are you even excited to go on this trail? (laughs) Um, and that honestly, that question kind of shook me a little bit. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm like, uh, jumping up and down for joy. Um, but 
uh, I think I'm excited as I can be, but rather than excitement, I would just definitely describe my mood as, um, you know, kind of focus. Like I am focused on trail, like every single day I'm taking steps to get myself ready. Um, and I can just only hope that the rest will sort itself out. (laughs) Um, so I know everyone else is on trail right now. Um, and soon I will join them. Um, I guess that said, you know, I, in previous episodes, mentioned how I have doubts about whether this trail, I should be doing this trail or not. Um, So this is my third long distance hike in three years time. And because of that kind of experience, um, I'm now getting a feel for what the off season is like. And I'm trying to navigate how to make kind of the off season work for me. Um, so what I really don't like about it is, you know, I just feel very uncomfortable relying on friends and family to like put me up for housing. Um, yeah, it's just really different. I've always been very financially independent and just like generally independent ever since I was 18. Um, so this is a very, it's a change for me to all of a sudden switch, switch gears And for so long now, be kind of reliant on other people to support me while I, like, pursue these dreams. And I wish I could do that just, like, guilt-free or, like, qualm-free. But it has proved to be be a bit of a sticking point. And it also is, like, a reminder, like, how important to me, you know, like, my own housing situation is. Um, I just think that I need that. (laughs) Um... So I do have an ideal situation that I'm like working toward, but I don't know will ever come to fruition. But my dream scenario would be, you know, having a home base of my own, like maybe a tiny home or something, um, you know, within a few hours of my parents' place in Pennsylvania, um, preferably somewhere in the mountains or by the water, wherever. But as long as it's mine, really, um, and close to family, um, I would like to have a place preferably with a cat and then um, be able to leave and come back for from these kinds of trips without like having to start from scratch again so it's been twice now that I've come back from trail and just had like absolutely nothing (laughs) you know like no home no car no money in the bank account anymore and you know and then I work and get myself back up to hike again repeat repeat um so it's only now that I'm you know have this was my third time doing that so you know I can see how much I'm sacrificing in other areas of my life um to like make this happen um so for me you know I'm looking forward to doing this hike but I'm really kind of looking beyond it's not just like a one hike deal for me. You know, I want to keep hiking. Like I would love to do so many other trails like here in the U.S. and abroad. And so I'm just trying, you know, I'm trying to get my mind around how do I make this kind of lifestyle work for me. Um, yeah. So I, at the moment, it does feel like it's just like too huge of a toll to, you know, I don't want to burden my family by like, you know, staying at their home and, you know, everyone's so kind and so nice to me and, you know, always says yes, but it's, it's uncomfortable for me, you know, and I feel like it might be for a lot of people too. (laughs) Um, anyway, so because of that kind of background and that's in my brain, you know, I'm going to be on the Appalachian Trail in seven days. Um, 
So even today, I'm thinking to myself, like, is this the right move? And I think uh, the answer will just be revealed on trail. You know, I think a lot of the other trail correspondents, you know, many of them are, I saw one person was already 800 miles in, you know, people are in it for the long haul. And as am I, um, you know, in theory, (laughs) but I guess the more realistic version of myself is like, oh, at this point in the game, you know, I make it on trail and, you know, just totally go for it and just do it, you know, do the full thing how I have dreamed of. Um, but it's also very possible that I might get on a trail and um, be like, this is not the move. Um, and for those wondering what is the difference between like making that decision now versus, you know, six months from now, once I'm done with the trail, uh, the answer is $9,000. Um, you know, that's what I saved over the winter and I could use that money rather than like keeping myself in the same cycle. You know, I could use that money to get myself out of the cycle, get an apartment or a house or something like that um, in a new city. Um, so that's kind of been on my mind. <laughs> and OK, so here's the answer for me is I absolutely am just not going to know until I try. Right. So I can like try to weigh the pros and cons as I have been and kind of torturously so. Um, but in the end, it's just going to be like, how is it going to be on trail? (laughs) So what I've told myself is I'm going to give myself two weeks, um, minimum, you know, I'm not going to get on out on trail, like for one day and like go home. Um, you know, I'm going to stick it out for two weeks and I really, really hope that I am on trail. I'm just like, yes, this is exactly where I need to be. Wow, I can't believe I spent all that time torturing myself with what to do. Um, So I hope that's what happens. But I guess like it just makes me think of what is a failure, you know, for me. I And yeah, so I've just been thinking about that question quite a bit. And I think ultimately in the big scheme of things like a failure for me is like sitting on the couch and doing nothing (laughs) you know and just like dreaming it and never even trying you know so I view there is nothing wrong with a swing and a miss um and not even that but even getting ready for this hike you know it has already I've made like great life improvements in preparation for the hike and I've definitely gone to the gym more than I would have otherwise and this is so big it's hard for me to like explain to other people but I have been a long-term smoker my entire life you know for 10 years I smoked a pack a day from when I was 18 years old to 29 and um, I relapsed you know so I had like five years smoke free and then relapsed uh, two years ago and picked up vaping unfortunately um so I just this, I'm now one month vape free again, you know, like, um, and I honestly don't think I would be trying to break that cycle as much as if I didn't have the trail in front of me. Um, so I'm very proud of myself to side note on quitting nicotine once again. Um, it was hard the first time and it was even harder the second time. <laughs> And I also have to realize, too, that um, some of the side effects from quitting smoking, like the irritability, you know, I just have like this sour mood all the time. And I've been feeling extra low just because of like, I don't know, my life circumstances at the moment. Um, Where was I going with that? I just had such a good lead up. (laughs) So I'm a little distracted. Oh, well, I guess it's hard for me to know and to get a good gauge on what is my actual 
feeling and what is being fogged over by this brain fog, you know, um, and is like under the influence of this nicotine withdrawal. You know, for those who aren't familiar with nicotine addiction, it's just as strong as getting off of heroin or morphine and you have to rewire your entire brain. Um, so my brain for all these years has been getting this drug every day, like every moment of the day. And then now that drug is just not coming, right? So my brain's kind of been freaking out and my body is just on edge all the time for the past 25 days. Um, but I'm hopeful that it will be worth it. I know it will be, you know, obviously it is. Um, but what I'm trying to say is as far as it relates to the trail is, um, we're just going to have to get on trail and see how it goes. <laughs> I do have a few people in my life who, if they heard this, they would say, Emily, you're definitely um, selling yourself short. Like, of course you're going to do it. Um, and I have a feeling that my family from my last hike would tease me a little bit because I, they pointed out to me that I almost always have to have like an out. <laughs> Like, um, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Runaway Bride, but she's like hyperventilating before she has to walk down the aisle and her friends are like, oh my God, girl, don't even worry. You can always get divorced. And the bride is like, oh my God, I forgot. Yes, of course I can just get divorced. And that like having that out just like allows her to walk down the aisle. <laughs> so I don't think that necessarily means I'm a commitment foe, but, um, I do mentally. Yeah. I, I guess that's just how I am wired is I do have to have that freedom, I guess, of another option. Um, but it is my greatest hope and desire to do this through hike. Um, so I'm rooting for myself, but I mean, it will just have to reveal itself as it will. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And yeah, and I will update you guys once I'm on trail from Harper's Ferry. All right, bye. This is Perky reporting back about my first and most likely final day on the CDT this year. I'm actually recording this in Arizona, not New Mexico, five days after my first day on the CDT, which was on April 28th. So yes, that does mean I am off trail. Um, so I'll recap from the beginning and I'll give a little content warning ahead about vomit and stuff like that in the story ahead. So getting to the southern terminus of the CDT is an adventure in itself. On the 26th, I took a flight from Philadelphia to Denver and then another flight from Denver to Tucson. I've never been to Tucson before and I was really surprised by just how beautiful it is. And um, the next morning, I took a sunset limited train from around 5.30 a.m. from Tucson to Lordsburg, New Mexico, which <laughs> is in the absolute middle of nowhere. They have a few motels, Dollar General, Family Dollar, McDonald's, and two Mexican restaurants. That's mostly it. But I got off the train, spent two hours or so loitering in the local Veterans Memorial Park, which is quite nice. Stopped by the really lovely post office. But then as I went to put my resupply in my pack, I first realized that I managed to miss, like, 
lose half of my hip belt buckle along my trip. Um, I have a neck injury from a car accident I was in this year. And so instantly I was afraid that putting all the weight on the pack on my shoulders was going to make it worse again. So I spent a few hours checking everywhere and walking distance for replacements. So I went to like the dollar stores looking maybe there was a backpack with a buckle. I pretty much figured even in a hiker box there wasn't going to be a hip belt buckle. So finally I gave up. Um, I didn't want to like try to figure out shuttles and different things. So I was like, okay, I'll send a replacement buckle from REI to the Lordsburg post office, general delivery, suffer for a few days with a hip belt sort of rigged together with cordage and stuff, and then get it then. So we're already off to a great start. (laughs) The next morning, I woke up really early to get on the uh, CDTC shuttle to the Crazy Cook Monument on the Mexico-US border. And the shuttle ride was great. I It was really cool. It goes on for like a little over three hours. Really bumpy, <laughs> pretty treacherous road, but it was really cool. We saw a lot of cattle, we saw roadrunners, rattlesnakes, all sorts of critters. And it, it's really out, it feels like in the middle of absolutely nowhere. You really don't see almost anything out there. So we, by the time we got there, it was really hot already. So for the first eight miles of the day, though, I felt really good other than my back. (laughs) It it was really heavy on my shoulders. Wasn't used to that because usually I have a hip belt buckle. Um, And I was getting really bad pain in my neck, which I expected. And then I was going up into my head, which I thought was from, you know, my neck pain, back pain. I was doing everything... I had done in hikes in the past in the desert and had read about for CDT desert to mitigate things. So drinking a lot of water and electrolytes. I took a little shade siesta, used my shade umbrella. It felt good, but then once it got to about the eight mile mark, it felt like something really switched. All of a sudden, my backpack felt like unbearably heavy. And I was really sweaty and breathing really hard. My pulse was really fast. Um, And again, I thought this was my backpack at this point. I thought maybe it was just really exhausting because I'd never really carried my backpack without my hip belt before. In retrospect, (laughs) I was clearly starting to get dehydrated. Um, I did eventually realize that and I, you know, took, there wasn't much shade at this point. So I was under my umbrella. I was trying to pour some water on my bandana to cool down and on my head, drinking water. Um, But yeah, at this point, I was like, this is not a good idea. I used my Garmin to talk to my partner, and he arranged with the CDTC shuttle driver that when they stopped by the first water cache on the next day's trip down to drop people off at Crazy Cook, that he was going to take me back to Lordsburg and I was just going to wait for my hip belt buckle. Because I was like, this is not a good idea. I was embarrassed, but I was like, got a plan. It'll be fine. But so I thought, you know, I'll walk to the shuttle tonight. I mean, sorry, the, the first water cache, meet them there in the morning. It'll be good. But then soon it was getting to the point where when I was hiking, I was making it like a few feet at a time and then I'd feel so exhausted. I just sit down. So I was like, okay, I ate a lot of food on the shuttle, but maybe I should sit down and eat. Maybe I'm weak from that. Well, anything I ate felt like glue in my mouth. I couldn't like chew it. 
it was just, I had no saliva. And then I got an Apple Watch notification saying that my pulse was over 120 beats per minute once I had been sitting for over 10 minutes. So I was like, okay, maybe I should stop walking to the water cache and I'll hike late at night, probably early in the morning. And I was like, okay, my headache is definitely from dehydration, not my backpack, even though the wind makes it really feel like it's not quite as hot as it is. And I felt like I was doing everything I could. I was so confused as to why I felt so bad. Um, so I just knew I had to get shade as soon as possible. So I started setting up my tent. I was like, I'm in survival mode. I've got to get it up. But I was so weak and getting so confused at this point. The wind was so bad. It took me almost an hour to set up this tent, this Z-Pax tent that I've had for like over six years. And yeah, and I had to carry rocks to secure the guy lines, just these little rocks. They felt like they weighed a thousand pounds. When I got the tent set up, I was so relieved I could cry. <laughs> I sat inside, pulled some stuff out of my backpack. I was like, I'm just gonna lay down, try to cool off. I like took all my clothes off. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and I, I was like, I've got to cool down. I'll walk in the morning. It's only three miles. I'll be fine. And then I started projectile vomiting all over all of my sleeping bag, puffy jacket, every single thing I owned. Um, yeah, and that was from after I laid down, I tried to take a tiny sip of water. Earlier, I had been drinking a lot of water, even though it didn't feel like it was helping that much. But then, yeah, at this point, I couldn't even take a sip of water without vomiting. Um, and then I started feeling super feverish. I was like getting really confused. And I finally thought like, oh God, am I getting a heat stroke? And if I don't call SOS, am I going to go unconscious and like die here? It feels weird in retrospect because I, I mean, I felt terrible. Um, I'm only feeling better now. I felt terrible for days afterwards, but it's still like, I can't believe how much I felt like I was going to die while I was out on trail. Um, and I won't go into too much detail because, frankly, having to call the SOS on my Garmin after 10 miles <laughs> of a hike is the most humiliating thing probably in my life. Um, and traumatizing. But, yeah, I had to get heli-vacked out uh, my first day of trail. Um, my partner flew in to help me. He's here now. Um, we're going to road trip all over the Southwest. And he... Uh, I am a pretty experienced hiker, felt like I'd done a lot of research, felt prepared, and the desert kicked my ass in 10 miles. So I'd like to come back um, maybe next year and do this section or a northbound through hike, but I've come to, the, come to accept over the past few days that honestly for myself and apparently where my limits are, I probably should have started the trail about a month ago. I started later to try to let some of the Colorado snowpack mount, but it's just way too hot for me. I did every, and yeah, the scary thing for me, the thing that's the red flag is I did everything I could think of to keep hydrated and cool. I didn't just like show up unprepared, hoping it would be okay. Um, I did everything I could think of and I still ended up with heat stroke. And so I feel like if I go out there and do the same things, what's to keep me from being in the same exact situation again? 
And I would feel terrible if the surgeon, and it would feel like an insult to the search and rescue team that saved my life to go out and like press the SOS button just a few days later. Also, I, I talked to my partner. I was like, do they even save you if it happens twice in a, a week? <laughs> but yeah, um, the desert out there at the start of the CT, it is so beautiful, but it definitely needs to be treated with respect. And you definitely, I think it's always good to push and investigate your limits, but you also have to know like when to stop. And yeah, I would definitely, for anyone heading, thinking of heading out there, if you can, I definitely recommend trying hiking in the same similar area in a less isolated hike or with a group beforehand if you can. Because yeah, according to Search and Rescue, they said they extract people from that section a lot for the same reasons. And sometimes people aren't as lucky. Um, yeah, there is a difference for me between type two fun and no fun at all. So I think, um, I'm going to end up changing my plans in the summer and doing some East coast hiking. Maybe also I thought about doing some trails, um, in Europe. I might end up doing like a southbound section of Glacier and the Bob Marshall Wilderness, but yeah, I'm not really sure what my plans are going to be yet, but I don't think a northbound CDT through hike is something I'm going to do this year. <laughs> um, I'm really sorry if I'm disappointing anyone through this, you know, other than myself, but safety first. Our lives are important. <laughs> um, and the trail will still be there. To all the other trail correspondents out there and to listeners, stay safe out there and... Happy hiking. Thanks for following along. Bye. And there you have it. Another big shout out and thanks to today's title sponsor, Chicken Tramper Ultralight Gear, aka SeaTug, an ultralight cottage gear company that applies their engineering background to designing and manufacturing durable, lightweight gear for all your trail needs. And don't forget that you can still get 15% off all their gear, excluding backpacks and camera bags, by using the code TREK15 at checkout. Again, that's code TREK15 at checkout. This is a limited time offer, so don't sleep on it. Join us next time when our correspondents get to choose their own topics in our first wildcard episode. These have been hugely popular in the past as we give each hiker the ability to discuss whatever is most pressing and relevant to where they are in their individual journeys. Until then, I am your host, Moron, and this has been Episode 3 of Trail Correspondence. Happy trails, y'all.